Welcome to Word Today. I am your host, Levi Johnny Griffin. Thank you. No, hold the applause. Thank you. You're far too kind. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Just kidding. I am a nobody trying to be a somebody in Jesus. Say thank you for coming. Welcome back. Um, Listen, everyone has a bias. I always say this, but everybody has a bias. Identify yours. Check it at the door because on Word Today, the only opinion that matters is God's. Today, we're going to be talking about forever peace, how to maintain peace. What is peace? Some people think peace is not having the rain come. That is not peace, folks. Jesus said, I came to bring a sword. I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. Now, I will give peace. I will allow peace, but I didn't come to bring peace. So there's a difference. I came to bring the pain. I came to bring the lightning in the storm. But in the midst of the storm, there are a select few that seek my face and I will grant them peace. I will allow them peace. And I'm going to show you today how to grab that peace when we get back. Listen, how to maintain peace, forever peace. What is peace? How do I get peace? Is peace not being in a storm? Is what what exactly is peace? We always talk about peace. I don't have peace or I want peace in my home. I want peace in my marriage. I want peace at my job. But what is peace? Maybe we have a misunderstanding of what peace is. A lot of us believe peace is not having the rain come. But Jesus says, listen, Matthew 10, verse 34. Let's start there. Do not. And this is Jesus speaking. NIV. Jesus speaking. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me and me. Whoever does not take up their cross, their problems, their troubles in pursuit of me is basically what it's saying. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. Whoever has their own ambitions and chase that basically more than they chase me will lose their life. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Whoever makes sacrifices to their own ambitions. Yeah, I could be able to do this in two years, but I'll I'll make it three so that I can do this missionary trip or so that I can preach these to these people. I will curtail my visions to make sure that God's vision is fulfilled. Anyone who finds their life loses it. Anyone who loses their life for me, for my sake, will find it. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me talking to the disciples, right? Anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me talking about Jehovah God. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. The, the, the prophet is getting blessed in a major way. And if you receive the prophet, bless the prophet, then you're going to get the same reward that the prophet gets. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive his reward, a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, a a baby in Christ, as we call him. Truly, I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. You bless the babies in Christ. Make sure they're strong. Listen, you're going to make sure you maintain your reward. But the part I want to focus on here is do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against 
her mother-in-law. Man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Listen, there will be blood, as they say. There will be blood. There will be problems. There will be drama. So when the Lord says, I give you peace, that surpasses all understanding. He's not talking about removing the problems. He says, I came to bring the problems. I came to straighten things out. And the only way you can straighten things out, if there's a piece of metal that's bent and crooked, you have to put it in the fire. You have to heat it up. You have to take a hard hammer and bang out the dents. You ever been in a car accident? They have to bang it out if it's real metal. It's a problem. And if it's fake and if it's plastic or the, the, that fiberglass, they may have to cut it, paste a new part in or trash it and bolt a new piece in. It's painful. You ever had something cut off of you and replaced? It's painful. He says, I came to bring the pain. Right? I came to bring the pain. Now, in the midst of the pain, you can have some peace. And that says, man, that sounds contradictory. No, it's not. Because in the middle of a rainstorm, you can have an umbrella and stay dry. In the midst of a drought, you can dig a well and drink water. Everyone else is dying of thirst and you're over there bathing, drinking, taking laps uh, around the pool with more than enough. He didn't stop the drought. He just provided for you. So the first the first and this is not even in my notes here, but the first thing to understand is that the at the peace isn't the absence of pain. If you're taking notes and you should be same on you, if you're not peace is not the absence of pain. Peace is not the absence of pain. And I shouldn't say shame on you. Some of you have that re- perfect recall. I don't. I take notes. Uh, in church and luckily it's a podcast you can always listen back to it right uh if you don't want to take notes but listen peace is not the absence of pain i want to say that one more time peace is not the absence of pain all right now we can get started going before did we were in matthew 10 34 let's go back a few verses let's go to five these 12 G- the these 12 jesus sent out with the following instructions. He sent the disciples out. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. Go talk to the Jews. And you, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey. Or extra shirt or sandals or a staff for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person, worthy person, and stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. It is not. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words. Leave that home or town and shake the dust off of your feet. Truly, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. First question I want to propose to you is how to obtain peace. I know the title is forever peace, how to maintain peace. But I want to first ask you, you can't maintain what you don't have, baby. How do, how do you obtain the peace? How do you get the peace to maintain it? How do you get peace? Which says here, listen. He's telling the disciples, he's telling the, 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 the first men to go out and preach in his name, preach the gospels, right? Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person. And stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, 
Let your peace rest on it. So how do you obtain peace? For one, you need to be worthy and deserving. Oh, we're about to get into that. Good. Let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off of your feet. Next thing you need to do is uh, accept the evangelist. So one, be worthy and deserving to accept the evangelist. So here he's saying, listen, you're going to go in the house and you're going to give it your greeting. So he's saying, listen, go in the house and bless it first. So the man of God comes and blesses you regardless. You go to a church. He preaches a, a blessed, holy field, anointed message for everyone. He says, bless it first. Everybody gets it. But listen, if the home is deserving, let that blessing stay there. Let that peace stay there. It says, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. So you have to, for one, you have to accept, uh, be worthy and deserving. Two, you have to accept the evangelist. Let's start with two. Accept the evangelist. When the word of God is sent to you via TV message, church service, neighbor at work, a bum off the street, podcast, vlog, whatever, accept the message. You have to accept the man of God, the woman of God. You have to accept the word. To get the peace, you have to accept accept the word that the peace is coming through. That's good right there. To receive, to get the peace, you have to accept the word the peace is coming through. You can't get the peace without accepting the word the peace is coming through. That's kind of like saying, hey, there's a there's pipes and plumbing coming from the city municipal center where the water uh, is to your uh, your home or to your office, wherever you get your water from. If you don't want the plumbing, then you can't get the water. It's kind of like we yeah, I want the water from three miles away. But, hey, I don't want it to run through that plumbing to get here. Baby, you can't get the water without the plumbing. And you can't get the peace without accepting the word. The peace is coming through. Sometimes God will send someone you hate to give you a good word to teach you some humility. It says my sheep know my voice. Right. He didn't say my sheep know my face. He says my sheep know my voice. His face changes. His face changes. Think about it on the road to Emmaus. Right. Didn't his face change? Didn't didn't it? The, the, the disciples didn't even recognize him on the road to Emmaus. They didn't recognize him. But they said, man, did not our hearts burn from within? Then he broke the bread and they were like, oh, this is Jesus. All right. Sometimes to get blessed, you got to go break bread with the man of God or with a woman of God. But either way, to get the peace, you have to accept the word. The peace is coming through. Now, let's go back to um, and someone say, OK, people say, OK, I can be humble. I can accept the word when a man of God sends a challenge or says something I don't like. I can humble myself and accept it. But worthy and deserving. You say, man, none are worthy and deserving. But Jesus Christ, all of our, you know, people get over spiritual and I won't say over spiritual, but people know their Bibles and they say, listen, I'm not worthy, nor am I deserving. Only the way I made it is through the blood of Jesus. If it wasn't for Jesus and what he done on the cross, none of us would be worthy nor deserving. It's the blood of Jesus that makes us worthy and deserving. And when it comes to salvation, I say amen and hallelujah, because none of us are worthy without what Jesus did on the cross. We're not worthy. None of us are worthy without what Jesus did on the cross. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags, dirty, filthy, nasty rags. And we are simply unworthy of salvation in light or without the blood of Jesus. Amen and hallelujah. But this isn't talking about salvation. It's talking about peace. And there will be people that are worthy and deserving. Okay, let's keep moving. You're going to get and we're going to find out. OK, so you say, OK, how do I become worthy and deserving? How do I come worthy and deserving? Well, 
That was Matthew 10. Flip over to uh, Luke 10. Verse 3, I'll give you 10 seconds. All right, I'll give you two seconds. Okay, let's start. <laughs> Luke 10, verse 3. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say peace to the house. Bless the house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you for the worker deserves his wages. Matthew sets the premises in Luke 10 here uh, sets how you become worthy and deserving. Because Matthew says, look, find someone that's worthy and deserving. And if they're worthy and deserving, leave your and receive you, leave your peace there. Luke 10 is showing us how to be worthy and deserving. He's saying, listen, if someone who promotes peace is there, then your peace will rest on them. If not, if they don't promote peace, it will return to you. How do you become worthy? Of, and we're not talking about salvation. Hear me clearly. We're not talking about salvation. That only comes through the blood of the lamb. But here we're talking about being worthy of peace. And how does Luke say you're worthy of peace? If you promote peace, listen, you can't. Ha- and doesn't that just kind of make common sense? Let's get let's get on the soapbox. Two, give me two seconds to get on the soapbox. How can you be? How can you say I want peace in my house and all you do is raise hell? How can you say I want peace on my job and all you do is gossip and raise hell? How can you say I want peace in my life and all you do is cause pain to other people? Doesn't that sound like an instant contradiction? You say I want to live dry, but you swim every day. I want to be dry, but you stay wet. Come on, man. It makes just it's common sense. It's just common sense. You can't expect to be dry and live wet. You can't expect to have peace. And you you're the one that's kicking up the dust. I had to learn that about my own life. I was a I wasn't a troublemaker, but I was not satisfied in a in a peaceful situation because I grew up in a house with push and pull. So push and pull was natural to me. So I wanted peace, but I was a push and pull guy. Not necessarily talking about sin, but I would I would stir the hen root. I mean, I would stir the how the the the, uh, the roost. I would I would be the stirrer, but I would want peace. I'd be upset with other people for peace not coming, but I'm the one stirring it up. I couldn't let things be. Things had to be. And my thing is things had to be perfect or they weren't they weren't right. I didn't know how to let people grow. You got sometimes you got to step back and let people grow into their God given destiny. And I didn't know how to do that. So I had to learn, hey, I'm the one that's kicking up the dust because I want people to start from zero and be perfect instantly. And I wanted people, if I was lacking in an area, not to let me grow, just put me where I needed to be, correct me and point me in the right direction. I wanted that tough love and I wanted to give tough love. But you can't tough love everybody. I had to learn that. That's wisdom. It took years, lots of years. So you can't be a peacemaker or you can't want peace if you're not a peacemaker. Right. You can't want peace if you're not a peacemaker. Going back to Matthew, what does it say in five? Blessed are the peacemakers. Right. For they will be the children of God. Listen, blessed are the peacemakers. The children of God are peacemakers. So how do you be how are you become deserving, deserving and worthy of peace? Be someone that promotes peace when everybody else is in an uproar. Find a way to calm everybody down When everybody else is stirred up. Find a way to calm the room down. Find a way to 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 bring tensions down at work. Find ways to bring tensions down at home. Find ways to bring tensions down in school. And if you can do that, you can find peace. And you're saying, well, some situations you just can't. 
When those situations, if you can't learn how to pray and get peace, then you just won't have it. All right. Ephesians two. What is peace? So we, we found out how to obtain peace, right? Accept the word that peace comes through. Be worthy and deserving, which means promote peace and you'll get peace. But what is what is peace? What is peace? We know what peace is not. Peace is not avoiding the rain. Jesus says, I came to bring the rain. Right. Hardcore to your brain. OK, hands up. All right. I'm guilty. All right. So he <laughs> said, I came to bring the rain. I came to bring the rain. Ephesians two. What is peace? Let's start with verse 11. And that was an old rap song for those that, that got the reference. But verse uh, 11. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So before Jesus was saying, hey, only go talk to the Jews. And now we're seeing here in Ephesians and we're also going to see in Corinthians where he's talking to the word is going out to Gentiles. Starting continuing at verse 14 for he himself is our peace. Jesus. Who has made the two groups, Jews and Gentiles, one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two Jews and Gentiles, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near for through him. We both have access to the father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone in him. The whole building is joined together, Jews and Gentiles and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become the, a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So he's saying, listen, Jews and Gentiles come live together um, under the banner. There's no more hostility. People that are causing, you know, racial divides, spiritual divides, religious divides. I am this denomination. I'm this denomination. I am this race. I'm this race. I believe this. I believe that. And they're all under the banner of Christianity are wrong. If you hate another group of people as a Christian, hating another group of Christians, you are wrong. If you are a Christian of one a denomination hating another group of Christians of another denomination. You are wrong. You are wrong. Let that sink in. He says, I came for you to be a foundation, a building joined together that rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Love each other. If you think there's a theology problem, get in the Bible with your brothers and sisters that you think a problem is and work something out. If you're a pastor and you don't like this group of pastors, talk with them, pray with them, but don't hate them. Don't bash them from the pulpit. Don't be silent about it and hate them in your heart. Love them. The Bible says love those that despitefully use you. If you can love people that will physically hurt you, beat you, rob you, kill you, 
But you can't love your brother who believes in the same Christ you do just because of some theological difference. You're wrong. There's a problem. Pray on it. Pray on it. We're not talking about sin. People that are Christians, but that believe that sin is good. We're not talking about that. You're still supposed to love them. Pray for them. Talk to them. Uh, you know, if someone says, hey, this I believe that we should all be flat drunk. And I believe the Bible condones it. You, you show them the scriptures that says, hey, not to be drunken. Pray with them. Bring it up. Bring them to the pastor. If you go to different churches, talk to them, love them, develop a relationship with them so they can receive your word. But don't hate them. Don't talk bad about them. That's not going to bring them closer to God. So anyway. He brings us together. He says he even does this in us. He says he brings us together Two are being built together. You're, you're being built to be one strong dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So what is peace? 14 for he himself is our peace. So what is peace? Jesus is our peace, which kind of explains how to be a peacemaker, right? Just bring Jesus to the situation. That used to be bracelets that used to say WWJD. What would Jesus do? Anytime you feel stressed out, you can look at it and say, if I was Jesus or Jesus was in this situation, what would I do? Or what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do in this situation? And then you can do that thing. How do you what is peace? Jesus. How do you bring peace to a situation by Jesus? Bringing Jesus, Jesus to the situation. Excuse me. You bring Jesus to the situation. How do you love someone that is in pain? Bring Jesus to the situation. How do you love someone that hates you? Bring Jesus to the situation. You're not asking them to accept Jesus. You're bringing Jesus to the situation. Someone can be yelling and screaming and you just talk low and and be loving. Try to be as understanding as possible. You're not trying to dictate their actions. You're just making sure you control yours. That's all you can ask for. That's all Jesus asked for. Second Corinthians. So we know what peace is. That's Jesus. We know that Jesus isn't uh, didn't say, hey, it wouldn't rain. He's just saying in the middle of the rain, I'll be there. In the middle of the pain, you'll have peace. Why? Because you'll have me. In the middle of the storm, in the middle of the ruckus, in the middle of the wind blowing, in the middle of all of the crazy, I'll be there. You'll have me. So you'll have peace. Okay, let's back that up. Second Corinthians 13, verse 11. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Live in peace. What does he say? For he himself is our peace. Ephesians 2 verse 14. So what is peace? Jesus. How do we live in peace? By being a peacemaker, by being seeing what Jesus would do in a situation and doing that thing. And he says, if we live in peace, the God of love and peace will be right there with us, will be with us. So peace is not just recapping. Let's recap really quickly. So peace is not the absence of pain. Peace is not the absence of rain. Peace is not the absence of trouble or hard times or uh, trying situations. That is not what peace is. Peace is in the midst of troubles, trials, situations, or even just in life in general, even in the absence of trials and tribulations. Peace is having Jesus, a Jesus mindset and deciding in any situation of conflict to enter in as Jesus would enter in. That is peace, ladies and gentlemen. How do I live in peace by living in Jesus? Right. And it says that, hey, when I live in Jesus, live in peace, promote peace, promote Jesus in me. God will be there with me. God will be there. And then he gives me a new name. He gives everything he loves a new name, every significant thing. Jacob, right? 
became Israel. And now we have the land of Israel. Abram became what? Abraham. We have the father of the faithful. Sarai became Sarah. We have the mother of the faithful. Right. God and there's there's plenty that God didn't change their name. They were giants. But man, those that he did change their name became legends. Right. And he changes our name. From children of Satan, children of the world. And he says, blessed are the peacemakers. Matthew five, nine. We read this for they will be called the children of God. So forget what you were called. The, the children of uh, Mama and them and Jesse and, and uh, David and Marcus and Sarah and uh, Isabel. I know you're their children, but now you'll be called since you're a peacemaker, since you're worthy and deserving. Why are you worthy and deserving? Because you promote peace. And since you promote peace, you get peace because you can't promote hell and get peace. You can promote hell and get hell, but you can't promote hell and get peace. But you you promote peace. So that makes you worthy and deserving. You accept and receive the word from the evangelist. So now you're worthy of peace. You're deserving of peace. You get peace and you promote peace in troublesome situations. You are peace. In the crazy situations in the office at work in life, you are you become peace. By becoming Jesus. And he lives in you. And then he changes your name from the child of whatever. To child of God. Listen. I really appreciate you checking out today's podcast. Make sure to find me on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Levi Johnny Griffin. Hit me up on Twitter. At Levi underscore Griffin. Subscribe to the podcast. On iTunes. Apple podcast platforms. Google podcast platforms. And Stitcher. Also. Place a link to this podcast in your social media feed and tag me in it, Levi Johnny Griffin, for a chance to co-host a show with me. Hey, I want to leave you with this. Four evidences of Christian faith. One is belief. We believe in what Jesus did on the cross. It's what covers us and gives us access to the glory of God. B, lifestyle. It just means we live like we believe it. Jesus tells us to live right. We live right. C, we evangelize. What does that mean? We teach other people about Jesus so they can have faith. Indeed, we spread the lifestyle. We teach them how to live like they have faith. How do we do that? We connect them to a church and we connect them to plenty of Christian material, Bibles, Christian books, Christian movies like The Passion, and even Christian podcasts like Word Today. Share it with your friends. If it's blessing you and you're eating and growing from it, let someone else eat and grow from it as well. I love each and every one of you. Let's keep praying and keep pushing in the faith together.